Good evening, world. This is the podcast Sassafras and your hostess, Laura Cattell. My apologies for being MIA yesterday. Um, we finally got dates from our contractor to get work started, and of course, as such things are want to happen, the dates happen to be, oh yeah, we're going to start work next week. Well, that's great. I could have known that. Would have liked to know that two weeks ago, but... That's how it goes. Mm, excuse me. So, I... <laughs> I had every intention of taking a break, coming upstairs, doing my podcast, and then going back downstairs, and I lost track of time completely. Um, packing up things that needed to get packed up, moving things that needed to get moved, and such and so forth. So, my apologies. I know I'm late tonight, also. It's okay. I'm here. We will get going. I actually did miss it yesterday. I did. I very much missed doing my podcast. Which is good. That means I've developed a habit. When I was first starting, it was kind of kind of difficult. Now it's a habit. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay, so. Um, we are covering the book Manifesting Change by Mike Dooley, one of the teachers featured in The Secret. Welcome to today's podcast. We are going to be going over the subsection within Effortless. You are an effortless creator entitled Deductive Reasoning Drilling Down to the Truth. And we've been introduced now to one of his more famous, or what he's more famous known for, uh, his Notes from the Universe. And just because it's witty and funny, and I just want to repeat it again, get us back in the spirit and the mood of things, I'm going to relay the last note from the universe before I do my shout-out to the restaurant industry, and then we will dive in. So, note from the universe. You might never guess it, but sometimes, even here, we get frustrated. The classic case happens at homecoming parties when we hear the guest of honor lament, Gosh, but I had no idea! I never would have guessed. I didn't know I was so powerful. I didn't know I had such an effort, an effect on others. I didn't know I was so responsible for my thoughts, words, and deeds. I just didn't know. But it's even worse for them when we reply, Yes, but you could have. Of course, we follow, but follow that up with something much lighter like, Hey, you look fab and wing. Tally-hoo, the universe. They're just fun. I like that. Manifesting should be fun. Too often people get into manifesting because they have a need, right? I need a place to stay. I need money. I need a job. I need a better partner. I need to lose weight. I need better health. Whatever it is. Most people start looking for this stuff when they have a need. But the universe is just as much playful. It's fun. You have to add some whimsy in there. I do love that. Of course, we follow that up with something much lighter, like, hey, you look fab in wings. Oh. It's humor helps drive it home. Humor helps drive it home. Okay, so we are going to get right back into it today. And before I get any farther, my shout out to the restaurant industry guys and gals out there slinging food. At all hours of the day, sometimes all hours of the night. May your work keep you happy, fed, 
and may there be work for you to do. Wherever it is that you're at and whatever stages you're at, thank you so much for what you do, and please don't quit. Don't quit. The minute you quit, they win. It does not matter how many times you get knocked down. It doesn't matter how many times you have to restart. Don't quit. It's not final until you quit. Don't quit. Okay. So, deductive reasoning. Drilling down to the truth. Let me say a little more about deductive reasoning. Time Magazine once commented that the hallmark of Albert Einstein's genius was that he could figure out complex problems and equations simply by thinking about them. When I read that, I was a bit indignant because I thought, I do that. And then I realized, wait a minute, everybody does that, or at least everybody could do that. Except that we've been taught from the time we could walk that in order to expand our minds, we must get more schooling and read more books. But that advice is based on the presumption that knowledge exists outside of you. None of us were taught to go within ourselves when we want to learn something or solve a problem. Yet that's where the greatest wisdom lies. Roughly speaking, deductive reasoning works like this. Let's say you know with certainty the truth about A and the truth about B. By going within and contemplating these truths, it turns out that you can then deduce with certainty the truth about C. And this becomes really exciting when you know, excuse me, and this becomes really exciting when you then know the truth about D and E because you can now deduce the truth about F. It gets even more exciting because now that you know the truth about C and F and you can continue ad infinitum to infinity. It turns out that there is nothing you can't deduce by first going within. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because going within should be your starting point when answering questions that may be vexing you. Whatever it is you want to know, go within. And best of all, you generally have to connect only a few dots, not all of them, to arrive at your answer. So, of course, just a little pause. <clears throat> the search without um, searching for knowledge from other people's fine and dandy. We had a learning process to go through and that's part of that learning process. Our past histories were very much heavily influenced by um, dogmatic religions that also heavily influenced um, their respective um, heads of country. Right? Religion and authority were very heavily intermixed. It's only recently within the last few hundred years that authority and religion have been kind of removed from each other not letting religion cover and in places where religion still covers is still linked with authority those places are very very repressive 
So, to seek the knowledge without, go find a book, go find a podcast, you can go talk to somebody else. But then, of course, we get back to the concept of the universal mind. The concept of the universal mind is quasi-quantum physics in which every single thing man will ever, has ever known, does know now, will ever know, all exists on the other side in this universal mind. Which follows with quantum physics, which also states that time is also all happening all at once. Kind of rough to get through. But um, looking within for answers was forbidden because churches, you know, God, God's word. Don't listen to yourself. God. That's what you were supposed to follow along with, which is fine. But it's not the only thing out there, nor is it the only answer you can get. And so this entire, all these inner thoughts, all of these inner knowings, all of this, this connection that you can create to the universal mind if you practice it, which is also what they, um, um, not posited, postulated? I don't know, I'm thinking of a P word. Um, anyway, when Albert Einstein would do what he would call his thought experiments, they surmised, there's, that's a good word, they surmised that that's where he was going, that's, they assumed or um, came to a conclusion or maybe just thought. It's a theory. That's where he was going when he was doing his thought experiments, as he was connecting to that universal mind on the other side and drawing out conclusion after conclusion after conclusion. So, just some context and some fascinating backstory. Okay, back to the book. When I'm conducting workshops and I get to this material on deductive reasoning and spontaneous illumination, I share a child's connect-the-dot puzzle of a mystery beach animal. Before connecting the dots, no one can guess what the creature is. But then I show the puzzle again, this time with fewer than half of its dots connected, and there's an instant leap of recognition. Spontaneous illumination occurs, and suddenly there's no one in the audience who doesn't know with certainty what the mystery beach animal is. A rhinoceros. I'm actually going to interject there. The ability to basically splice together what the thing is that you're looking at is a really neat trick of the mind. If you've ever seen those um, memes coming across Facebook where the words are a jumble of letters and numbers and you're expected to try and read it, scientific studies have shown that if at least two letters are in a predictable place. The mind will fill in the rest. It's really cool, but it's the same thing. When it's a recognizable image and you know what the image is, you don't need the whole image. You just need a little bit. So I just wanted to make. I just wanted to put uh, that in there. That's scientifically backed up. I wouldn't necessarily call it spontaneous illumination, but if it is a pattern recognizable and you've done that pattern before and you can know what that animal is or that thing or whatever it is, your your brain will just fill in the blank. 
really cool stuff. So, alright, back to the book. So, some of my audience members later told me, Mike, you cheated. No one finds a rhinoceros on the beach. But that led to an unintended lesson of this little exercise. Most of the time, if not all of the time, the answers we're having trouble finding that concern the tricky spots of our life are not what we thought they would be. This is why we have trouble finding them. Invariably, the question to ask when stumped is, what am I not thinking of that I could be thinking of? Or, put another way, what am I not considering that's otherwise obvious? <clears throat> the intended lesson, of course, is that we only had to connect fewer than half the dots for spontaneous illumination to take place. And this is what I want to convey concerning those areas of your life where you're stuck in the mud or not making progress. Ground yourself in the truth. Recall your ancient heritage. Consider the unexpected. Go within and connect just a few dots. You don't have to unravel your entire life. Figure out who you were in the 15th century or use subliminal subconscious programming. Although it is helpful. Just connect the dots that you can to gain, rather miraculously, an entirely new perspective with which to understand whatever was frustrating you. Note from the universe. Would it be enough to know, and you can know this through deductive reasoning, that long ago, when the two of us carefully mapped out your pending adventure into the jungles of time and space, the hills and valleys you would traverse, the setbacks and advances you would encounter, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all of the lives you would touch. When our planning was done and the big picture was revealed, you burst into tears of joy, overwhelmed with its perfection and who you'd become. Yeah, like a baby, the universe. P.S. I'll never forget it because I cried too. Okay, that's right, so getting to the big picture. Okay, let's do some deductive reasoning together. I think by, that by now you're probably on the same page as me. You grasp that time is an illusion, meaning that it's not bedrock reality. Of course, both time and space have reality within their confines, but in the bigger scheme of things, they are not bedrock reality. Einstein expressed this in his theory of relativity. Time and space are experienced differently from one person and one situation to the next. Or, in other words, they're illusory and, sub and subjective. Are you with me? The Source from this premise, let's connect one more dot. If time and space are not bedrock reality, doesn't this mean that both spring from a deeper reality that existed before them, pre-time and pre-space? Yes, it must mean that. Now that we agree that a reality precedes time and space, let me ask you, 
What would you find there? Now, this is a question in which it seems there could exist 72 trillion dots that make up the answer. So it's understandable that you might look at all those dots and be absolutely overwhelmed. And then look at your watch and realize you have places to go, things to do, and no time to spend connecting dots. This is what happens in life. Most people are so overwhelmed when looking at the biggest picture of reality that they don't deduce what is otherwise obvious or what is otherwise readily deducible. I'm going to connect one dot right now that you'll totally agree with, even though just a moment ago you probably drew a complete blank when I asked what you'd find in the reality that preceded time and space. That's a fantastic question. What would you find in the reality that precedes time and space? Ooh. Hmm. Is it one? Is it many? Is there one underlying? Does it spring from any? Is it an amalgamation? Is it a hybrid? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> this one's going to be a tricky concept for people to get. Alright, so... <clears throat> starts off with awareness is God is thought you would find awareness divine awareness if you will God, universe or infinite intelligence you'd have to unless you think that there's no intelligence to our presence here at all <clears throat> and if there's no intelligence here this must mean, and some have concluded as such, that we are the random product of space dust that collided billions of years ago, that somehow evolved into consciousness, eventually clawing its way out of the ocean before ultimately learning how to walk upright, invent language, write books, and read. Good thing we've already nixed this as an option when we agreed that time and space cannot be bedrock reality. They're illusions and hardly a suitable place for space dust to ignite into consciousness. All of this must mean, then, there's a reality that preceded time and space. And we can now deduce that there must have been awareness. Please indulge me as I make time-based references such as precede and must have been even while speaking of non-time settings. Words fail in such instances, yet we do the best we can. And what is awareness by definition? Thought. So let's let's recap this one. That's that's all that's a lot to put in one. So alright, so I asked you what you'd find in the reality of preceded time and space. The answer, you would find divine awareness. <clears throat> there are too there's too much evidence of an intelligent pattern that occurs in time and space as we know it, as we interpret it, or as we interact with it, there's a pattern. You can't have a pattern without an intelligence behind the pattern. Alright. That might be a multi-complex creature or it might be a multi-dimensional being. I mean, there's levels of complexity that we can't even contemplate. 
Alright, but he does make a point. Alright. So, his... How do I say this? Not preference, not preference. What's the word I'm searching for? His theory, as he puts forth, and it's it's a it's a head scratcher, not because he's wrong, but because it requires just very deep thinking. In the reality that precedes time and space, there must have been a thought to create this time and space. That's what he's talking about. Since that thought has created time and space, what is the creature that has created the thought? Is it a creature? Is it an awareness? Is it pure energy? That's what he's putting forth here. Okay. What is awareness by definition? Thought. So if the, if time and space are not bedrock realities, they are brought into existence by thought. That means there is something that precedes those things because they had to come from somewhere. And now you're getting why it's on the on the deep side. Alright. I'm going to indulge in one more little bit. It says, bringing it home. The face of God. Hold on now, because we're about to blast off. If there was once nothing but thought, where there now exist solar systems, planets, continents, oceans, and mountains, what must it all be made of? It must all be made of thought, or at least a derivation or form of thought. And there's one more parallel dot that we can connect here that will put you in your power and seat you on your throne. If where there was once only divine awareness, divine intelligence or God, there now exists you and me, among all others, who must me be? Who must we be? We must be the eyes and ears of God, pure God, ourselves, or divine awareness, divine intelligence, however you want to say that. Suddenly the answer is patently obvious, and we arrived at this by simply connecting a few dots with our deductive reasoning minds. To help you see the simplicity here, consider this. Just as you can't enter a kitchen with raw potatoes and carrots and return an hour later with an apple pie. Neither can you begin an equation with 100% pure God and end up with something that's not 100% pure God. We are God. Come alive in the illusions of time and space. You are divine. You are holy. You are 100% pure God. There's not an atom of your illusory body or your own thoughts and awareness that can be anything less than pure divinity. You are of the creator, by the creator, and clearly an effortless creator now. 
you can't even stop creating because you can't stop thinking. And thought is what everything is made of. You have the exact same properties as divine mind, divine intelligence, divine awareness, or God. In no uncertain terms, each of us is, in a sense, a mini-me of the universe. And this is where your power comes from. Followed by note from the universe. Do you think, as the universe, I would have created a world and inhabited it to learn that there are some things I can't have, do, or be? Do you think I'd make mountains that couldn't be moved? Do you think I'd feel love that couldn't be returned? Do you think I'd have dreams that couldn't come true? Or do you think I would have made pretty darn sure I could kick butt there too? No matter who I came as, no matter what schooling I'd received, no matter what age I found myself to be, and no matter what others thought of me. Yeah, baby, the universe. P.S. Talk about easy buttons. And we will pause there. Tomorrow we'll start off with lights, camera, passion. Oh. Woo. Going, going deep. We are going deep. Wow. All right. <clears throat> I don't know that I would have connected those dots in that order. But I will absolutely agree. He makes a fantastic argument. There is quite the, uh, there is the, um, excuse me, the theory amongst the um, physicist crowd that humanity actually just exists inside of a hologram, or humanity is a hologram, or light reality is a hologram. This kind of ties in with that. So what he's theorizing, obviously, um, we don't have the mechanical instruments to actually measure this. What he's putting out is this, this theory. The universe as we know it is malleable, which is backed up by science. We do the observing. The, the act of observing changes the reality that we see. This has been observed by science. That, that is known. We change reality by, simply by observing it. So, <clears throat> time and space are not bedrock reality. If time and space are not bedrock reality, they must have come from somewhere else. what could possibly be the somewhere else and what creates from this somewhere else what creates thought creates so he's putting forth that there is an awareness underneath that is even before more ancient more old more first thing if you will 
before the all that currently is. That we consider current reality, time and space. And he calls that one God. That's God out there. Alright. So because what we experience as reality is malleable, we are not, everything you see, every reality, every planet, every galaxy, every sunset, every paved path, every person is an imagining of God. Which is put it, putting it very, very simply because the God that he's putting forth is quite the complex, massive being and or energy body and or universal mind. I don't even think we can contemplate how big that would be. Except that it's also the energy running through everything. Big concepts, big concepts. So, because everything that we know of as reality is created by a thought, and that thought existed before reality in space, or time and space as we know it, that thought had to come from somewhere, that thought had to come from something. That means huge and what we would consider divine, because we are the creation of that thing. And because we all came from that thing, we are 100% that thing. Try and look at it this way. If uh, Let's bring up Star Trek Next Generation's holodeck. Right? You go into the holodeck, and you can interact with everything that's in there. Everything's real. Everything you can touch, you can sit on the desk or the bed, you can take a walk through a garden and hear the birds singing. <clears throat> but then when it's time to go back to work, computer, simulation over, and it goes back to being a room. That's the closest I can get you to a modern day put forth example. Because up until the time when we had TV technology, you really couldn't put that kind of a concept together in a packaged way that you could actually get people to understand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Throat is not being happy tonight. So, that's like the closest I can get you to the concept that he's putting forth here. Is that everything is the thought of that presence of underneath everything else. Which means you are pure 100% Like, you are, like, the DNA match to that thing. You are the, the universe uh, experiencing itself. I know that's that, that one's kind of tough to, for people to get. So, tomorrow we will start back in with lights, camera, passion. <clears throat> and we will answer <laughs> some more of these wonderfully difficult and gloriously mind-bending thought concepts. But we're getting a little long. I'm trying to keep it at 30 minutes. So, 
we're going to go ahead and do our two-minute brain break. I'm going to pause and get myself a drink so that I don't sound like a frog for the next few minutes. Go ahead and give yourself a little wiggle and get a little stretch. I'll be right back. Okie dokie. Out there in internet land, wherever you are in the world, that was probably like a second, but for me that was like a good solid minute, and I'm better now. <clears throat> much, much better. Alright, so, two minute brain break. Let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in. Close your eyes. Let's take another nice, luxurious deep breath in. And let it back out. And go ahead and let your awareness settle into the space. Just be aware, just be aware of the atmosphere, cars going by outside, the texture of your clothes, is it warm, is it cold? Just become aware. See how far out you can push your awareness. One of these days I'm going to figure out that little trick with my uh, background noise. At some point, I'm expecting to have something better than currently. Again, when I get to having an office again, uh, <laughs> the storm sounds in the background will no longer be there and something much more pleasant to the ears 
hopefully we'll replace it. Thank you guys for being here. I can't wait to dive back into this tomorrow. This is the podcast Sassafras. Thank you. Thank you for being here and have a great night.